0: You know, it may give everyone a bit of a heart attack, but I actually think that it drives more pledges, ultimately. It's also worth, you know, noting that the all or nothing structure is sort of like a form of insurance for both the backer and the creator. I mean, attempting to produce a film on 40% of what you budgeted might prove more of a challenge than you can meet. So, you know, if we were to support this idea of like, okay, whatever you raise, you can take, I think we'd be, we'd be committing to, to a lot of disappointment on the part, part of backers. And, you know, also bear in mind that this is a model that, that, that works across uh, creative categories.
1: That's the best defense I've ever heard of the Kickstarter all-or-nothing model you ever wonder who is behind kickstarter's film program an established documentary filmmaker and indie film champion in elise mccabe that's who she's here to talk about the upcoming campaign long story short on kickstarter for the month of march welcome to first time go i'm benjamin if you have a short film idea march 1st is the time to go to kickstarter press submit Good day, Elise McCabe, head of film at Kickstarter. How are you today?
0: I am good, thanks, Ben. I was gonna say I'm in sunny New York, but it's actually not sunny anymore. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. A little a little bit a little bit poking through the cloud.
1: <laughs> well, you know, as filmmakers you have to keep the sun sometimes just if it's only in your mind, you know, you have you have a bright light on here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're gearing up for long story short, which is between March first and thirty-first of this year, and I know you're too humble to answer this, but have you ever thought about how many films Kickstarter has brought to life? Like how many dreams you've helped make true? <laughs> I'm
0: not. I'm definitely. <laughs> I'm definitely not too humble. <laughs> I think. It's, I think it's something in the region of thirty. It's like thirty thousand.
1: Wow, that's that's such such an incredible amount of films and how many dreams you've helped make come true can you talk a little bit about how you got involved in filmmaking was it something you always were like you know what I knew I was going to be great at this it's my passion
0: no 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 no. no. De- well no not really I mean I I would say that I came to film through theater so I did a lot of theater as a kid from really young through school, university, and then I went to drama school after my anthrop- after I completed my anthropology degree. So I went to drama school to train as an actor. And then after a few years as a jobbing actor, I had some jobs on sets, you know, in front of the camera and other jobs in production. I started working as a for a UK, a UK organization called Brit Doc. It's now called Doc Society. And I'd always loved documentaries. So, I mean, I remember going to see Steve James's Hoop Dreams on my own at the cinema when I was I think fourteen maybe fifteen. So you know I it, you know I've sort of been I've been circling I've been circling for a long time both both docs and and fiction. But yeah no when I went to work with with Doc Society that kind of sealed the deal. I went to work with them for three months and I ended up staying for for eight years.
1: Do you think part of the reason you've been successful, like you got your degree in anthropology, the study of people, do you think that's a big part of it? Is that you're able to like talk with people of from like the widest possible range of experiences? Like, there's not, I can't imagine there's somebody that you couldn't really relate to or find a way to talk with.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that that's yes. I mean, I wouldn't say that's true of all people in film, but it's definitely <laughs> true of it's definitely true of me, and it's definitely <laughs> served me really well in this specific job, you know, this, this job that I've been doing with Kickstarter for the last seven years or so involves a lot of FaceTime with people and right. a lot of putting, you know, putting myself in their shoes and figuring out, okay, so how, like, what is your idea? How are we best going to sell it to people? You know, who are the people in your network? So yeah, it does involve a, a lot of, a, a lot of putting myself in other people's shoes and figuring out, Okay what have we got going for us and and uh, how how can you know how can we make this project and you appeal appeal to folks who are going to fund those fund those films
1: and you've clearly done a great job because there's so many so much diversity so many different international films funding on kickstarter so can you talk a little bit about kickstarter itself so it's sort of like at the end so you have indiegogo gofundme that sort of like allows funding Basically, from the beginning, you have seen spark which is 80%. But Kickstarter, you have to make that 100% in order to fund the project or it's not successful. So you can talk a little bit about the model, what kind of filmmakers that attracts, what kind of filmmakers it should attract type of thing.
0: Yeah, totally. You know, I sort of think that the all or nothing funding model for us has always been a bit of a secret source. There is something that there is a jeopardy there for real there is a jeopardy there and there's also a clarity there you know all or nothing is very it's it's very simple it's very straightforward everybody understands that and i think that that jeopardy really helps to drive pledges especially in those final days where we actually typically see i mean between the first two days and the last two days that's actually when you raise most of your money. People respond to freshness and newness, or they respond to jeopardy, and those are the two states. You're either someone who does something as soon as you're asked, or you're so, or you're someone who procrastinates until the, de- the <laughs> deadline. And that kind of uh, <laughs> people in the world and people on Kickstarter. So you know, and so and I think that the all or nothing, you know, it may give everyone a bit of a heart attack, but I actually think that it drives more pledges ultimately. It's also worth you know noting that the all or nothing structure is a sort of like a form of insurance for both the backer and the creator i mean attempting right. to produce a film on 40% of what you budgeted m- might prove more of a challenge than you can meet so you know if we were to support this idea of like okay whatever you raise you can take i think we'd be we'd be committing to a lot of disappointment on the part part of backers and you know also bear in mind that this is a model that 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 works across uh, creative categories so whereas one category film might have some flexibility to their budgets you know something like something that involves hard production costs like in design and technology certainly doesn't but in any case i think it serves i think it serves everyone and that is some degree of insurance that like if a filmmaker has budgeted correctly and they have set a goal that is achievable and also will help them achieve their ends Then it is better. The all-or-nothing model, I think, is 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 a more effective way of them raising what they need.
1: That's so fascinating. So, are you involved? How heavily are you involved in the process? So, let's say Ben comes up. I'm filling out a Kickstarter. I really don't know about film budgeting. I put in a number. Like, at what point do are you involved to say, "Hey, Ben, you know, maybe you should do this, maybe you should do that," or are you sort of hands off and just sort of like, "Well, good luck." I can't budget.
0: I can't budget a film for you. You know that right. that that I can't do. I can send you resources to help you kind of figure that piece out. Um, right. You know, so I I can I can you know guide you towards guidance, but I can't be going you know into a, a line item and asking like, really do you need this much for catering on the second day? But in terms of but in terms of you know the answers are kind of how involved oh. am I? I'm kind of I'll be involved for kind of for as long as somebody like as early as somebody wants to get in touch with me, that's how long I'll be somehow, you know, involved. I have filmmakers that I have been kind of talking to intermittently for two or three years. You know, I maybe met them at a festival and they had an idea and then, you know, every so often we check in and they're, I'm just about to launch the campaign. So there are folks whose projects I've been kind of following the, the fortunes of for a really long time. Other people get in touch with me to say, I'm launching this project tomorrow or I or I launched it last week, you know, and then I'll roll my sleeves up and and dive in. But for for folks that I've kind of, you know, that I meet with plenty of notice ahead of them launching, we will chat through the project on you know, on the phone or or over email and they'll send me a draft of their campaign, I'll give them some feedback and you know. And if the and if the budget number seems unfeasibly high to me i'll say as much you know if it's a first-time filmmaker just out of film school who's trying to raise 75 grand i'll i'll just double check with them that they think that that's achievable and sometimes they surprise you and it is do it right yeah and sometimes it's not achievable and sometimes they take the note and they bring it down
1: awesome so long story short Starts in March. Can you talk a little bit about that program and what kind of films, obviously short films, but uh, what kind of films you're looking for to participate in that program?
0: Yeah, I mean, it is a pretty broad church, with long story short. I mean, basically, sometimes it is just the smallest of nudges that makes the difference between, you know, doing the thing you're scared of and not doing the thing you're scared of because you just feel a bit too scared. And so, you know, you know making a film, telling the world that you're making a film. Inviting them to help fund your film, these, that, these things can feel very overwhelming. There seems to be a thousand reasons not to do them and very few reasons to, to, to do them when you're in that moment of panic. So, so Long Story Short was sort of dis, was designed at a time of year when we see an abundance of short film projects on the platform anyway to kind of help to be that sort of structural nudge, to help give some sides. Sometimes I think timing for these things feels a bit arbitrary. And so it makes it not arbitrary. This is, during this month, we will, you know, we we will be doing a lot of promotion about short films. We're going to be doing, you know, incentivizing folks to pull the trigger on their campaign on the basis that we are pulling in an audience, a bigger audience than normal, that are dedicated supporting short film. In terms of what projects are going to be, I mean, any is a short film, launch it. It can be a three-minute stop-motion animation you know, it can be your your sort of your thirty nine and a half minute magnum opus, but you know, we want we want we want to bring as many short films to the platform because we want to have a reason for someone not only to come and back one project, but then to stay and you know and back a couple more that they that they didn't already know about.
1: Right, because it sounds like it's both for filmmakers who are making the films as well as backers who can participate and watch and and follow along with filmmakers projects
0: yeah exactly i mean we have we have a huge audience of backers you know we have a huge audience of backers for film but you know board games design and technology publishing, all of these, um, you know, all of these categories bring thousands of backers every day. So it's, it's, and it's, and it's fun, you know, we have a lot, we've got a lot of repeat backers, people who like to cruise around and see what else they can back, people who like to back thematically rather than just by creative category. So, you know, you might have someone who has, you know, who's backed a graphic novel, who's interested in a short film with similar themes, who's interested in a board game with similar themes. So there's lots of kind of like, cross-category backing where people back according to their interests, regardless of um regardless of category.
1: That's amazing. So Elise, I'm gonna ask you to put both your filmmaker and Kickstarter hat on here. What do you think the market or the role of shorts in a filmmaker's career is? Do you think like a filmmaker should be able to make a, a narrative feature? They should make a short like as like they toggled through both of them. Do you think shorts are mostly there to show that you're able to make a film and possibly an advertisement for a feature? How do you see shorts as part of a filmmaker's art?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think that shorts for almost all filmmakers will be the way that they begin to hone craft, for sure. Does that mean that shorts are only training wheels for filmmakers? No, I, I don't think that at all. You know, I think they can be small but perfectly formed kind of bites of, of art. And I, it's been really enjoyable to see over the years filmmakers jump from, you know, or, or artists jump from one genre to another, one film genre to another, or even from one type of art making to another type of art making. It wasn't a short, but for instance, Saul Williams, you know, the poet made uh, Neptune Frost and fundraised for it on Kickstarter. And that was fun to see somebody who is incredibly well-known and well-established in his field, use the platform to kind of make a creative leap. So yes, I mean, whether or not they are, it is, they are financially viable. It is financially viable to, you know, design a career purely on shorts. Is another question. I'd love it if it was, and 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 it is possible to have your short funded or acquired, but it's not necessary. I, I'm not sure I see that many people just making, you know, just making shorts and, and living by it. But you know, I, yes, I think they're great as proofs of concept for bigger projects. I also think they are. They can just be beautiful, perfect works of art in in and of themselves. And you know, we have plenty of people who might, you know, self fund a short from the money that they raise making branded content, or, you know, ba- just bouncing between different roles in the industry and and kind of, you know, sort of stretching their creative wings in 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 different ways across different formats. And I and I and I think that's really cool and exciting.
1: That's fantastic. So Elise, you're very well connected in the film industry. I'm sure like you're connecting with different distributors, producers, P- even maybe film festivals do you think festivals might reach out to films featured in long story short and say hey we'd like you to participate yeah. in a festival I mean, like what yep
0: i think i think they're they're probably less likely to reach out and say we'd like you to participate but i think i think programmers certainly use kickstarter to to track films and filmmakers i mean i i, I know that they do that on the site they also do that through me you know <laughs> plenty of right uh, You know, because it's just, I think that I get to, you know, I have a window on films and filmmaking, which is maybe slightly somewhat non-traditional. So, you know, maybe a film that would come through Kickstarter wouldn't necessarily take other more traditional routes of funding or application. So, yes, I am asked regularly, who have you seen come across your desk that seems interesting that we might not otherwise know about? I mean, that's what any good programmer should be doing, programmer or, or film fund you know, administrator is like, are we catching, you know, is asking the question, are we catching everyone? Are we throwing the net as broadly as possible? So so yes, there are folks who scan the site and there are folks who come to me so because I because scanning the site is is my job.
1: <laughs> Do you think there needs to be more platforms that allow people to monetize shorts? Like you think of like where you can watch shorts and this is a great program not to call out other ones but I will for Vimeo shorts like but there are a lot does it need like do we need to figure out the revenue model for shorts does there need, it doesn't seem like maybe there needs to be a new platform but like what do you think like the future of shorts is in terms of you know how they are monetized
0: yeah, I mean, you 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 watch folks being very smart and savvy all the time, <laughs> you know, and these kind of and these amazing stories of folks who somehow raised a lot of uh, raised a lot of money from this one short, and you know w- what what was the key there? Right. I would take a look at Short of the Week that now has spun out, you know, this site Shortverse. They produced a guide several years ago called. And I'm going to get this mixed up now because obviously there's a film of a very similar name. But before there was Everything Everywhere All at Once, they produced a guide called Everything Everywhere All at Once. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> uh, but, um, and actually, that is a, a great guide because it helps it helps to shape shape filmmakers to really get in touch. Helps filmmakers to really get in touch with their priority for their short. Is your priority to make money off it? It might be or it might not. Your priority might be to get as many people to see it as possible, regardless of, you know, and actually putting some kind of a pay wall or a pay requirement there might reduce the number of eyeballs that see it. So is it actually is, you know, is your priority actually having as wide a distribution as possible, in which case, you know, and so it's sort of they kind of help guide you through that through that pathway. So I, I would definitely say, you know, recommend that filmmakers take a look at that because it might be that actually making money although yes really nice that might not actually be the the priority for this short or it might be the for this short but not the next
1: awesome so i'm not asking you to make news on the podcast but are there any innovations that kickstarter are thinking about doing over the next few years like what are you thinking when you long-term plan for the site with film what are you thinking about twenty five, twenty twenty five?
0: 2025 yeah or further along we brought a new CEO on at Kickstarter in October of 2022, Everett Taylor, and he is formerly, I mean, he still is, but, you know, formerly a, a marketing guy, came over from Artsy, the art um, the art marketplace, online art marketplace, and since he came on, whatever that is, not that many, not that long ago, 15, 16 months ago, we've been systematically upgrading the user experience for both creators and backers. So the site has actually never been so kind of, slick and smooth. It's really a joy. I mean, the second he arrived, we just started, you know, just shipping features. So that's been that's been really nice. And with that and that sort of steady drum beat is just kind of continuing. So yes. So the site's pretty slick and that's really and that's really pleasing. I don't think we've ever been so responsive to the needs and requests of users as well, which is really good. So literally the most requested features are being built and shipped in a way that it just hasn't been the case for the last, you know, for for much of the time that I've been here, it's never this, the pace has never been this kind of like fast. And, you know, and obviously, yes, creators across the board want to reach as many people as possible with their, when their project is live, so they can attract new supporters and funders. And I would say that performance marketing or digital marketing is key to that. And, you know, and I would just say that sort of over this course of this year, we'll definitely be leaning into new ways for uh, producing new ways for creators to market their projects. We'll just have to you'll have to keep an eye on our on our blog. But I think, we, you know, it, it it will be a pretty exciting year.
1: Yeah, I can just tell from your response, you're extremely excited about what the next year looks like at Kickstarter. And I'm excited to see it, too. So, Elise, you're also like I mentioned, quite experienced in documentary film and a filmmaker yourself. What's next for you personally? Are you working on a few projects that you'd like to share?
0: Yeah, I've got I've got a feature doc that is just coming towards the end of production, end of post production, which I've been working on for the last couple of years. It's it's called Helen and the Bear. I've been working on that with a, a team of producers and the the director Alex Blair. So we are hoping for you know a premiere later this year. Awesome. Um, and, and, and that's kind of, that's, that's been my main sort of outside of work work and it's been, and it's been great to work on.
1: But it's so important that you have that experience, right? Like you can't really be in your job being like, Hey, I'm going to help you raise money for film, but have you made a film? No. Like, well then like, you know, why should I take your advice at least? But I think like most of the experiences the creators on Kickstarter are going through You've experienced yourself, so you're able to be like, "Hey, look, here's what hap- Here's what you should do. Here's here's what my what my experience with it was." So you bring both to the table for that.
0: Hundred percent. And prior to this project, I worked, you know, I produced another feature doc that we used Kickstarter for. You know, we we raised fifty grand to put our film through the end of post production. So yes, when I come to conversations about fundraising for films, specifically crowdfunding for films, you know, obviously I have seven years worth of experience here and, and a ton, you know, prior at another film funder. So I know, you know, what it is to work both at a kind of gatekeeping grant-making organization and also this very much more democratic, you know, open to all platform, but also I've used, but I've also used it. So yes, I, I, I speak from experience.
1: (sighs) Awesome. So this is a Filmmakers Podcast. Love sharing the love with other filmmakers because as we both know, it's so hard to get a project made. And every project that is made, I think, deserves a ton of celebration. So is there an indie film or filmmaker that you wish more people knew about?
0: I mean, look, I don't think these filmmakers fall into not being known because they've had amazing years in the past year. But I would say sort of three filmmakers that I've seen come through Kickstart, not even that long ago, Molly Manning Walker, Georgia Oakley, and Charlotte Reagan. And Molly Manning Walker, you know, has just released How to Have Sex, which obviously won at can last last summer, and Georgia Oakley with Blue Jeans, and Charlotte Reagan with Scrapper. So, you know, that, that that this is hardly filmmakers that no one's heard of, but I it's just been kind of cool to see them go from, you know, fundraising for a short, fundraising for a short like maybe four years ago, to you know, playing on international stages. I'm excited for the shorts filmmakers that played at Sundance this year. So we had three that had used Kickstarter. So Natalie Jasmine Harris with Grace, Alex Chin with Thirsty Girl, and Andrew Manaiki with uh, Essex Girls, which is a UK film that's also nominated for a BAFTA this coming weekend. And and again, not a new filmmaker on the scene, but Jules Roskam made this documentary, a hybrid documentary, Desire Lines, which is I think maybe his fifth film, but the first to play Sundance. So that was you know that's that's been very cool. I'm excited to see. I met i ho- I've got to say I met a whole bunch of short filmmakers at Sundance this year that I'm really excited for. Phoebe Hart made this totally insane short animation, stop motion animation called Bug Diner. Yeah, I I've, I saw a bunch of great films. But yes, there's there's so many people. There's so many people to get excited about. Love
1: that so much. So Long Story Short starts March 1st through 31st. It's a special promotion on Kickstarter. Definitely encourage people, if they're in the process or even thinking about doing a short film, head to kickstarter.com, take out take a look at the Long Story Short program, hopefully apply and get a campaign started Looks like it'll be a great way to highlight short films and talking with a wonderful person here who came up with the idea, who's shepherded it and raised it to what it is. So, Elise McCabe, this has been fantastic. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. It's great that you're able to provide your wisdom to independent filmmakers. And 30,000 films later, you're making a huge difference in the lives of independent filmmakers. So, Cheers to you. Thanks for joining me. (laughs) Cheers, Ben. Thanks for listening to the First Time Go podcast. The goal is to make life a little easier for independent creators. So if you're with me for that, please give the podcast a five-star review wherever you download your podcast. It's free and helps expand the reach for the creators on the show. Expanded membership is available through Directors Club. You get access to season one, early episodes when available and other subscription benefits sign up now through red circle the link is in the show notes check out the podcast youtube channel if you'd like to watch a select number of episodes of the podcast and the indie film highlight posted every sunday thanks again for listening and helping creators get their first time go.